the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. It's a ho, 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 lot of dough. <laughs> In that omnibus bill, it's really an ominous bill. We're going to talk about how monstrous this thing is today and how much of a bad idea it's a really bad idea to be spending this much money and we don't even know what we're spending and we do know a good chunk we'll go to ukraine after Zelensky came in his pjs and picked up some dough in person yesterday we'll talk about that coming up as well and let you sound off all morning long barkley and for back today on the glenback program appreciate you being here with us back after this It's a big spending bill. A lot of spending, and we don't really know uh, what exactly is in It's 4,500 pages. And, you know, we got to get this done right away. We can't wait. There's no waiting around for this. It's got to happen right now. We're being sold out once again. At least that's the feeling. And it's not just me. Folks like Senator Mike Lee making that case. What's the latest? Title 42, you're trying to inject it into the omnibus. What's the latest there right in the Senate? Yeah, Jason, with this 4,155-page bill, full of Democratic priorities, does nothing to protect the border. Quite to the contrary, it contains language undermining border security. So I insisted that we have at least one amendment, up or down vote, on whether to preserve Title 42, because Title 42 is the one thing standing between us and utter chaos. We already have mostly chaos. This would bring us to utter chaos if it expires, which it's about to. All I want is an up or down vote. Chuck Schumer and the Democrats are terrified of an up or down vote. Why? Well, because they want absolute pandemonium and chaos on the border. And they're terrified of this vote because they will lose as they should lose. You know, sp- speaking of this, this the craziness inside this this bill, you know, there's there's lots of money inside the bill. You know, one point seven. by the way, one point seven trillion that they this is this the current CBO score so that it, it could actually <laughs> make more money. Hey, just write us the blank check. Everybody wants to get out and, and get back home for, you know, we got a blizzard coming for Pete's sake and across the country in uh, multiple different areas, snow and in a, a very, in a very tough winter uh, storm headed our way right in time for Christmas. And we're going to be facing some of that where I'm at in West Michigan. I'm broadcasting from WOOD radio in Grand Rapids. You know, this is. You know, this is understandable. You just want to get back home, you know, but at the same time, uh, you shouldn't these folks be camping out in D.C. until they get this thing done. And, of course, why why all of the the smoke and mirrors making this thing happen fast and quickly? Well, it's because they don't want you to know some of the things that are inside of it. They don't want you to know that we don't know a lot of what is inside. They got teams of people trying to read through this whole thing. Uh, but here's Senator Kennedy, in in fact, every time I get a chance to hear him say anything, talk about anything, I can listen to the guy talk about any subject. He's always good for a laugh. But we know listen. what's in the bill. It's 4,200 pages, uh, give or take. Uh, is this another instance of no. we'll find out after we pass it? That That's no way to do things. How does it keep happening? Yes, uh, we, we don't we don't know. We don't know what's in it. And yes, uh, we'll have to find out oh. later. My staff is... And I, uh, we are going through it right now, but it's 4,000 pages. 
there was reporting last night, for example, that the bill contains, I think, $400 million to, uh, to help Jordan, the country of Jordan, secure its border. Um, oh. one, one, one could marshal a pretty persuasive argument that that's a pretty dumb thing to do. So wait a minute. $400 million to help the country of Jordan secure its border. Anything in there for the U.S.? It, give me a break. This just isn't serious. None of this is serious. And they're all sort of laughing and giggling. But, well, you know, it's funny. And it shouldn't be. Actually, it's kind of sad. But it's it's funny that we do know there's one thing we do know is is in this bill matter of fact we got a few of the heads up the, the little bit of a tip on what exactly is inside this but i got some of that you want to know some of these things are inside here oh there's money for all kinds of special interests oh man oh man let me see if i can dig up some of the lgbtqia plus they describe it as oh there's all kinds of stuff in here you didn't know now there's money to save the turtles and the whales and the all that, all of that that you could imagine inside. But you know what? They're, they're also going to have more money for it. billions, billions, and add it add it to our tab. Put it on top of the stack that we've already spent billions, billions for Zelensky, billions for Ukraine, who came, <laughs> who came yesterday. To Washington, D.C. Zelensky comes to uh, Washington. And what did Mr. Zelensky have to say? By the way, he said, thank you for the money. 10% for the big guy. We can't forget that. Thank you for the money. All of it that you've sent. All of the aid. The Patriot missile system that we just, just ponied up. Thank you for all of it. But it's not enough. Can you believe this? <laughs> just we have artillery. Yes. Thank you. We have it. Is it enough? Honestly, not really. <laughs> we have they're laughing. And they're laughing. Honestly, that, you know what it reminds me of? This reminds me. I saw this this morning. Because like, there's no way I watched any of this live. I wasn't going. I saw all of it happening. Not watching any of this live. I'll just watch the real. I'll watch the highlights. But this reminds me of uh, your kids. At Christmas. And if you're a parent or a grandparent, you probably have experienced this at one point. I think I was probably even guilty of it as a kid at one point or another. But you, I mean, you go all out. You, you, you put present after pre gift under that tree. I mean, you, you, you just break your back to get that thing done for the kids so that they could have Christmas. You know, and not that that's what it's about, but still, you break your back, you go try to do all that for the kids, and they they tear through it. I mean, they get through that wrapping paper, and they just one after the other. Oh, my goodness, they're laughing, and they're having such a good time, and they go, maybe they're even fighting over some of the presents, and they get to the end, and they go, that's it? <laughs> <laughs> get to the end of the gifts and they go wait that's it there's no more uh, i want more now you can kids you know whether they're spoiled or not i know you can't blame some of these kids you know they just don't necessarily but 
<clears throat> Although he looked a bit like a child in his PJs and behind that podium, kind of think he needed a stool or something. Now, I could say that because I'm not the tallest guy in the room, but uh, Zelensky reminded me of a kid, like a spoiled kid at Christmas yesterday. He said, well, this is just isn't enough. This just isn't enough. Of course, that's man of the year, or excuse me, person of the year from Time Magazine. It's a, it's a boondoggle. All of this money. And look, I, I'm not rooting for, I'm not rooting for Putin, okay? I'm not, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of, of everything he's done. Of course, I'm not a big, uh, you know, a, a Russian fan. But what I will tell you is this. I think average Americans looking around right now, having a hard time understanding as high as inflation is, what we're spending on everything, just to put gas in the tank and groceries on the table. And, of course, like I said, those presents under the tree. What, what Americans are having to do right now simultaneously as their border is, I mean, we're, it's wide open. Doors are wide open. They'll argue with you about that all day long. But these are people that don't even know what a woman is. So you can't listen to them anyway. But they will argue about that all day long. Doors wide open down the southern border. We are not protecting America. We are not putting its interest first. And the American people, I think, at some point, at some point, they look to all of this chaos, the shenanigans, all of the ridiculousness, and they, I guess, got to say enough is enough. Now, I wonder if the people down in Kentucky, in fact, I got some family down there. I, I have some family, uh, in fact, grew up not too far, right on the border, in the Ohio River. But I wonder if the people in Kentucky are watching what's happening with Leader McConnell today. I wonder if they're watching what's happening with Mitch McConnell, who just signs off on us, in fact, saying, you know, our, our biggest interest, our biggest interest right now in the Republican Party is this, is Ukraine. Did I hear that right? Not a single person, I think, that voted Republican in this last election sat down and said, you know, I'm solely making this vote because of the way um, things are going in Ukraine. I've got I've to pay attention. No, it, it's crime. It's the economy. It's every single bit of the things that we face on a daily basis here at home. We're in the middle of a crisis every day, a new crisis every day, one after the other. It's like drinking from a fire hose. And I just wonder, the American people, particularly the folks in Kentucky, have you had enough yet? Quick break. We're going to break down what actually the, the rest of the things that we do know in the, in the 5,000 page, $1.76 trillion bill, by the, by the way. Yeah, I had somebody call my show the other day and explain, you, you know how much a trillion is? We'll break that down for you, too, because these are numbers that just get thrown around so much. Give you some context to it all. Coming up in just a moment, in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program, it's Justin Barkley back after this. Here he is, McConnell, yesterday or the day before, talking about the biggest, well, the biggest threat to this country, and of course, what we're all concerned about as Americans, Republicans specifically, it's not our border. No, no, no. He says it's Ukraine's. Making sure the Defense Department can deal 
<clears throat> with the major threats coming from Russia and China, providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. That's the number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans. That's sort of how we see the th challenges confronting uh, the country at the moment. Has he talked to any? Now, that's a serious question. Has he talked to any Republicans? One of the biggest problems we have in this country is that when folks go off to serve in Washington, <laughs> well, the first first and foremost, I mean, they 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 go they go basically, you know, average, middle class, maybe even broken. They come back millionaires. When the time it's all said and done with, their their net worth just exponentially increases. I'm sure that's just a coincidence, but that is one of the one of the problems. The other is these people are so far detached from reality they wouldn't know if it if it showed up and hit them in the face with a Ukrainian flag. They would have no clue. They would have no idea what the average American is thinking about. It ain't Ukraine. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be helped over there. I'm not saying we shouldn't uh, uh, be praying for the folks over in Ukraine that are definitely so the actual people. Not this uh, cartoon character, this guy that comes. It's like he's in a movie. You're coming to America, you can't put a suit on? You don't own a suit. You're going to speak to the Congress, but you can't actually uh, dress up, dress up like, no, because he's playing a part. Anybody else get that feeling? When you're watching Zelensky speak in Congress, like this is a guy, he's an actor. This is a guy who's playing a part. He's playing a role. You got to have him in his fatigues. Looked like PJs. He was wearing his pajamas. Standing in front of Congress begging for more money. And they lapped it up. These folks lapped it up. Where is the judgment? They're completely out of touch. We got to get back to the old days where, look, you're not going to make a career out of it. You're going to serve for a while and then you're coming back and you're done. Whether that's term limits or we get to the ballot box and we actually term limit. Folks in Kentucky, in the great state of Kentucky, how in the world do you, do you elect, on one hand, Senator Rand Paul and on the other, Senator Mitch McConnell? How does that happen? And it's... What we saw last night, the standing, the applauding, Mitch talking about how, you know, this is the biggest priority, Ukraine's border. The number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans, that's sort of how we see the th challenges confronting uh, the country at the moment. Number one priority. Th this, this shows it's not the number one priority for Republicans. It's the number one priority for the Uniparty. Now you know why Mitch spent so much money against Republicans. Why he did not back certain Republicans. Now you know why the Senate is still under Democrat control. Had a chance to take that thing back here in the in the last in the midterms. But you know when you're you're busy, you know, not sending money to Arizona where where Blake Masters could have used a little hand here and there. You know, just watching the choices financially of how they move this money around and who they choose to support, that should tell us everything we need to know, shouldn't it?
time to end the uniparty altogether. It's time to be done with it altogether. You want a list of some of the things that were inside, at least what we know so far, what's inside of this monstrous, ominous, omnibus bill, this, this crazy blank check, basically. It is some of the most ridiculous the spending on some of this stuff is 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 got to be some of the most ridiculous items and that you're starting to see it come out now but again these guys are just told you got to vote for it you can't read it Rand paul talked it about this the other day when he brought the thing out wheeled it out in a cart you got to see this thing it's massive and then he says yeah we're, we're supposed to vote on it we have no idea what's in here I brought with me the Omni, 4,155 pages. When was it produced? In the dead of the night, 1.30 in the morning when it was released. Now, people argue that it's conservatives' fault. It's, you don't have the Christmas spirit. Somehow you're holding up government. Well, whose job is it to produce this? The people in charge of spending. The people in charge of both of the parties. When did they know that this would be necessary? Well, it's in the law, September 30th. You got nine months, almost 10 months, to produce a plan, to have a spending plan. They weren't ready on September 30th, so they voted themselves 90 more days. They weren't ready last week either, so they voted themselves another week. And now we have it at 1.30 in the morning this morning. But what's the clamor? The clamor is to vote. Vote now. Let's get it done. Why are you standing in the way of spending? Well, the real question is this, what is more dangerous? What is more dangerous to the country? $1.1 trillion in new debt, or as Republican leadership likes to say, oh, but it's a win. It's a big win. We're getting $45 billion for the military. So which is more important? Which threatens the country more? Are we at risk for being invaded by a foreign power if we don't put $45 billion into the military? Or are we more at risk by adding to a $31 trillion debt? That's the other senator from Kentucky, Senator Rand Paul. All right, more what's actually inside the thing, because it is interesting when you start to peel back the layers. Plus, Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake is in court. This trial is going on. Try and touch on a little bit of this. Some of the things that came out yesterday is really incredible. Uh, it ought to open quite a few eyes. We'll get to all of it coming up on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. There is a storm brewing, folks. This winter storm across the country. In fact, where I'm at in West Michigan. Broadcasting live from Grand Rapids, WOD Radio. It's Justin Barkley. We're supposed to get uh, some sort of blizzard-like conditions. Blizzard warning uh, going into effect a little bit later on today. We keep an eye on that. But, you know, there's another storm brewing. They're talking about travel snows and all those things. And, uh, you know, this is a heck of a time for this to happen right around Christmas, right? Obviously, people trying to get their shopping done, going to and fro. But can you imagine you're Zelensky? You're just trying to get a few more billion dollars out of the U.S., <laughs> Here and there, and it looks like there might be a storm brewing in D.C. as well. This is the latest report we're getting. Uh, Citizens Free Press reporting uh, omnibus hanging by a thread. 
No more votes in the Senate tonight. This is last night. Omnibus in trouble. Title 42 amendment causing big problems. Trish Turner tweeting. Chuck Schumer taking the floor at 2 a.m. to say an agreement was near to speed up passage of the massive 2023 omnibus spending bill after senators spent Wednesday wrangling behind the scenes. The chief dispute was over pandemic era asylum restrictions. Now, this this comes from uh, from Senator Mike Lee, who we played this earlier uh, he said, look, I, you know, you want to go forward with this? Maybe we ought to throw in the, we ought to throw in some funding for this Title 42 stuff. Then it's just, it's only fair. Speaking of what's in the actual bill, we'll, we'll tell you more about that uh, coming up in just a little bit. Some of these things will make your, your skin crawl. But here's, here's what he had to say. Title 42, you're trying to inject it into the omnibus. What's the latest there right in the Senate? Yeah, Jason, with this 4,155-page bill, full of Democratic priorities, does nothing to protect the border. Quite to the contrary, it contains language undermining border security. So I insisted that we have at least one amendment, up or down vote, on whether to preserve Title 42, because Title 42 is the one thing standing between us and utter chaos. We already have mostly chaos. This would bring us to utter chaos if it expires, which it's about to. All I want is an up or down vote. Chuck Schumer and the Democrats are terrified of an up or down vote. Why? Well, because they want absolute pandemonium and chaos on the border. And they're terrified of this vote because they will lose as they should lose. And so I'm standing firm. I'm going to demand an up or down vote. If they don't give us the up or down vote, this is going to be very difficult for them. And it probably will cost them the omnibus. Mm. <laughs> Mike Lee. Senator Mike Lee. Listen to last night. I believe this was on Hannity. Uh, Senator, why not just wait two weeks till the Calvary in the House? Uh, it changes leadership. There's no more Nancy Pelosi in two weeks. Why not do that? Yeah, J Jason, you are absolutely right to ask that question because we should do that. This is what I've been advocating since September. I've been advocating this all month in December as well. We need to have a short-term spending bill. Stop pegging this to the holidays. Rather than setting a, a, a shutdown cliff, Right before Christmas Eve, we should pass a short-term spending bill taking this into January. Look, no Republican should vote to support this measure. They shouldn't be supporting this bill in the first place, especially if they won't give us an up or down vote on Title 42. Gotta love it. That's uh, that's Senator Mike Lee stepping up and saying, hey, you know, you want all this. You want, you want this thing. How bad do you want it? What are you willing to do? Uh, so... So now they're looking at Title 42. Republicans want a simple majority threshold for adoption. The Democrats want to raise the bar to 60 votes. It's my expectation, Schumer says, we will be able to lock in an agreement on the omnibus tomorrow morning. So that's what we're waiting for. <laughs> now, now, speaking of the border, it's a whole nother animal. I didn't really plan on talking about it. Do you see the latest thousands coming across? They've got possibly 18,000 now a day if this Title 42 goes away. And Title 42 is remain in Mexico. It's the Trump policy, Trump area policy that said, hey, you know, you're coming for asylum. you got to stay in Mexico while we figure all of this out. And, of course, Biden says, and it's so, it's so, I mean, he's just playing fast. It's so loose. They don't even know. They say they've lost track of about 150,000 people. I don't know how they know. That number is exactly 150,000. Oh, 
But uh, they, they say they have lost track of about 150,000 people. Now, that's just the number they're telling us. I don't know how many more. But they're not keeping track of all of these people. They come in, they're not processing and all this stuff. It's the whole thing. But to think, again, we were talking about what's in the bill and what's not. Did you know there's uh, money in this bill, $1.76 trillion in this bill, the spending bill, money for foreign border security of foreign nations, but the bill itself prohibits this any of this money being spent on securing the American border. So Mike Lee, this this might be a this might be an effective strategy. We we'll wait and see here. Uh, more than four thousand page, one point seven trillion dollar omnibus omnibus ominous omnibus spending bill prohibits funds for the U.S. border security, but it provides funding for border security in foreign nations, according to this. Democrats need at least 10 votes for GOP senators to pass the legislation, which was unveiled Tuesday, yeah, 1 o'clock in the morning. Congressional leaders are rushing to pass it before the Christmas break. The back and forth on this. It expressly prohibits CBP funding, Border Patrol, from being used to improve border security. This is according to a tweet from uh, Rep. Uh, Dan Bishop, North Carolina who's been pretty outspoken and vocal on this deal. Uh, among the findings inside of the language prohibits U.S. Customs and Border Protection from using the $1.5 billion in funding they've got to acquire, maintain, or extend border security technologies, capabilities, except for technology and capabilities to improve Border Patrol processing. So they can't do anything with that money to protect the border unless it's to process people that are coming over here. McConnell and the rest of them. No, no, no. No, it's okay. This is, there's nothing we can do here. Matter of fact, you just got to take it. Yep. Just, just like it. You're going you're gonna to take it. At the same time, $410 million, Bishop says, until this earlier, towards border security for Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman. You got 1.5 here, 1.5 billion, but you cannot use it to actually get, get the job done. Florida Republican Senator Rick Scott on Twitter. How can any Republican justify voting for this? It's a slap in the face. It's a slap in the face. It's a betrayal. Many are making the point. I, I agree. For Republicans to come out and voted, it's a betrayal. What Mike Lee was saying in that uh, in that previous previous clip uh, from Hannity last night was he basically why don't they wait until they get the Republican House? We've taken it back. Why don't they wait until they they get back past something that's short term? If you need to get it. Get it through or, or let everything shut down. But why don't they wait until they get everybody back in? Of course, that makes too much sense. That's not going to happen. <laughs> that makes that makes far too much sense. It's not that if you you're just no, that's being you're being ridiculous. Now, what else is inside of it? 
What else is inside? You want to know what else is inside of it? $11 million. Inside the Omni. $11 million for LGBT-related projects, they say. Themed. LGBT-themed projects. Lawmakers released the spending bill ahead of potential government shutdown. This is from Breitbart Now on Friday, giving themselves only a few days to parse through thousands of pages of taxpayer-funded proposals tucked in thousands of pages of special interest LGBT-themed spending which includes funding for projects like Pride Centers and other gender, gender ideology-saturated items. Now, you can have a conversation about whether or not we should be funding those sorts of things. That's a whole different conversation. I'd lean tell no thank you. That's just me. But we, we're not even allowed to have those conversations anymore. So you can't have those conversations. You can't even read what's in the bill. $1.2 million to San Diego Community College for centers to support LGBT students. A million dollars for Zora's House in Ohio, which describes itself as a co-working and community space built by and for women and gender expansive people of color. I don't even know. They've got everybody parsed out so much now. I don't even know what any, hardly any of this stuff means anymore. $3 million for the American LGBTQ Plus Museum in New York City. You cannot use any of that money on the border. No money for the border. No money to secure the border. That's just not appropriate. You can't do that. Whatever you are trying to do, no thank you. It's just not going to happen. And Zelensky there saying enough is enough. All right. Enough. Enough is enough. You know, speaking of, uh, of the House, it got an interesting headline here. House GOP locates emails, text showing Pelosi office directly involved in failed January 6th security. Isn't that something? We're just beginning to scratch the surface on some of it, but what we're finding out is something that you've known and probably suspected for a long time. It's kind of like Twitter files. This stuff just leaking out here and there quietly, Underneath the radar on a on a snowy Christmas weekend. Well, we'll try and shine a light on it. Tell you what exactly is in this story and why you might need to know. Coming up in for Glenn Beck today in the Glenn Beck program. It's Justin Barkley back right after this. The Glenn Beck program. Miss a day, miss a lot. Visit blazetv.com today and never miss a moment of truth. Over on the newly freed bird, Elon's Twitter. Um, Adrian says the news used to be there to inform you. Now it's just there to confirm your suspicions. Years after events occur, what he's talking about is the latest report from uh, January sixth. Now, I, I, <laughs> running through some of this, 
Uh, I I gotta tell you, it's it no surprise. It's just like the Twitter files. No surprise. We've known now everybody that is paying attention has known that these things are happening behind the scenes. House GOP locates emails, texts showing Pelosi office directly involved in failed January 6th security. Now, we just wrapped up the commission, the clown show, the circus of <laughs> the January 6th commission. And, of course, you know, we know what's come out of that big, big bunch of nothing. Of course, they, they referred President Trump to be, to, uh, to, uh, to be charged. But that wait, there's a little something else that we just kind of found hiding under a rock, apparently. House Republicans gathered a trove of text and email messages showing House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office directly involved in the creation and editing of the Capitol security plan that failed during the January 6th riot. Security officials later declared they had been denied again and again the resources needed to protect one of the nation's most important homes of democracy. The internal communications made public Wednesday in a report compiled by Republican reps Rodney Davis, Jim Banks, Troy Nels, Jim Jordan, and Kelly Armstrong encompasses the results of months of investigation they did of evidence that had been ignored by the Democrat-led January 6th committee. Oh, yeah. Don't want to see any of that. We don't want to pay any attention to any of, any of that. More evidence mounting behind the scenes of what they, what they failed to do and when they failed to die. I want to know... And and maybe we'll get a hint of this, especially if Jim Jordan or the rest of those guys are actually allowed to go like the Bulldogs they are and fight for the truth. Hopefully we'll get some of that, at least a better picture of what went down, the confirmation of it. And you may say, <laughs> what good is it now? What good is any of this knowing any of this now? We, 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 we suspected this was a case, but what good is any of knowing any of this now, especially some of the... The crazy stuff in the Twitter files. It's turning the tide. You've got to get the the information out. Part of this whole thing that we're going through is, is literally just telling people what happened and getting the word out. And so you've got to repeat things. And we've got to talk about things. Glenn's got to talk about things. He does on a daily basis. You may think, oh, well, I know this or I heard this, right? I know that. But there are going to be people that are hearing it for the first time every time. And that's why this is so important. That's why it's so important to get the word out about some of these things and why folks need to know what went down, why it went down. And, of course, the truth about it all, including including Twitter. Some of the stuff in, in the Twitter files is so is so damning. I don't even know if I suspected some of this. We'll talk about more of this uh, as the program continues. But, uh, we, you know, it's just so much to unpack in a short amount of time. These days, it's like drinking from a fire hose, folks. Let's stay in touch no matter what happens. I want to make sure I do that with you. Send me a note throughout the program or just find me all over the Internet. Go to justinbarclay.com justin barclay b-a-r-c-l-a-y.com so that we can stay in touch let's connect always a pleasure when i get to hang with this audience especially for christmas this god bless the glenn back program
about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. What is happening and unfolding in a courtroom in Arizona right now is wild, to say the least. The Kerry Lake trial is proceeding. We heard that some of the most interesting pieces of information yesterday, if true, could think, turn things completely upside down. I get into some of those things, plus Mike Lindell joining us to talk about the trial and more. All coming up this hour, it's Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck Program. Some disturbing things coming out of Arizona, particularly the uh, trial at Cary Lake yesterday. It's Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. Let's connect. You can find me everywhere, all over the internet, but justinbarclay.com, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y. Justinbarclay.com is my home base. Um, this is one of the bigger highlights from the trial. What is chain of custody? Let me explain you this. There's an expert in chain of custody testifying yesterday that the procedures weren't followed uh, there's some really concerning issues that are coming out of this trial, but a chain of custody means just that we verify that when your ballot is cast, whether it's a mail-in, whether you go and cast it in person, whatever you're doing, that, that, that the procedures are followed, that there can't be any room left for any tampering, any issue at all. That's called chain of custody. We got to know where this thing's been the whole way. We got to make sure that it hasn't been, there hasn't even been at a, well, an appearance of impropriety. That's why it's so important in our elections to make sure that all these things are buttoned up. Here she is, this woman testifying yesterday in Carrie Lake's trial. Do you have all of Maricopa County delivery receipt documents? We do not have any. We requested them, but they said they had misplaced them. Oh. And those are the ones that were uh, for election day, correct? Well, actually, we didn't get a single one of those for the entire election. It, it is a... Uh, the testimony of uh, the or in the declaration of Runbeck uh, employees that no such documents existed for election day. For election day. Right. Hey, what about prior to the election? Yeah. So this was this form was actually created for all of the, the days prior to election day. And I'm sorry, but my question was specifically related to election day. Okay. There, there were none. Well, we did not receive any. They said they misplaced them, and the Runbeck employees said none existed. It's incredible. Little things like that happening behind the scenes. I think maybe you're not aware. Maybe I suspect, but you're just not aware. We don't have confirmation until now. You get to see this trial up close. And we don't really get to see things like this going to trial often, do we? We don't really get to see what's happening behind the scenes, but now we're finally getting a chance to see some of this. Joining us right now, Mike Lindell on the program. Mike is uh, obviously... The pillow, my pillow makes incredible pillows and all kinds of products, uh, including I don't know if everybody's uh, ever complimenting, but the 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 most comfortable, the nicest socks I've ever put on my feet, Mike. But you're also passionate, courageous American. You're out there fighting for this country, and we thank you for that. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. The uh, isn't that something? Do you know the the trial in Arizona is the first judge in the United States that's going to look at the evidence based on merit and not kick the can on standing it's a miracle 
you know, we've we've heard so much of this, uh, particularly over the past. You know, these things would go to maybe get a chance to get looked at by a judge, but then they would say no, as you just mentioned. No, there's no standing here. You can't really do that. We don't. We're not. So none of these things have really gotten looked at in the way that Carrie Lake's None case is gotten looked at, is going to get the chance to get looked at. This is pretty right. incredible. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, this is, uh, and uh, this has been the biggest cover-up of the biggest crime in history. I've said that before. This is, uh, this is massive. You're, and you're, the judge, you know, at least he's looking at, but he's squishing the, the trial into two days. And uh, we flew in more experts and lawyers. And I, I have, uh, it's been quite a crammed uh, 10 days here, but, but what a blessing that they, and then, and then it's televised. So that's even better. And, and, uh, you know, we hope this is, uh, just the start of many, uh, Supreme court judge in Georgia yesterday, the Supreme court of Georgia, which is Democrats and Republicans just overturned what a lower court had made that said that, that the people had no standing. They said, no, you people of the U S you have standing and of Georgia. So we've got great things going on. I'm very excited. Mike Lindell on the phone with us right now on the Glenn Beck program. Um, Mike, I, I, you know, I, I know you were instrumental in a lot of these cases in helping fund some of this when it comes to the, the lawsuits, particularly in Arizona. Um, but you, you, you come up against a, a couple of, uh, I don't know how much you want to talk about this, but you come up against a couple of hurdles. You looked like you were going to have some help. <laughs> Uh, getting some of this funded until they found out what you what you the relief that you want. In other words, the solution that you wanted from the lawsuit. Can you talk a little bit about what what happened inside the Republican Party? Absolutely. The Republican Party, since that, let's go back to the RNC. Let's go back to November and December of 2020. They went and raised 80 million dollars or, or so. Um, and based to the big donors or, and to the micro donors and said, hey, we're going to look into the election. We're going to look into these these uh, laws that were broken our constitution by the by these states, uh, um, early voting, all this stuff. The legislatures make the law, not the not the secretary of states, everybody. And uh, but they did. not They they raised the money and they said, uh, we're not going to sorry, we're not going to do anything. And then they they doubled down again here in Arizona. About a month ago, they came down there and said, hey, we want to help. We know Carrie Lake won. We, we know and Mark Finch and Blake Masters, all these people down there, the attorney general. And uh, so here they come in there. We get them the lawyers. They, they said they're going to pay for their everything. And, uh, and as soon as they found out that the relief would be a new election, uh, they pulled out. Let's head on over to Georgia. So they head over to Georgia, and they uh, – and I go, okay, everybody give us money, give us money for um, um, Herschel Walker. Uh, it was promised that there was going to be, I believe, $5 million, and they only put up $1.9 million. Um, so, you know, it's uh, you can't keep hitting these hitting donors and not getting any return on their investment. They're, we're going to lose our country. We're at a critical time in history, and we need we need every help, we, all the help we can get. Yeah, I know. I know. That's just, Mike, this is something you probably hear from a lot of people. In fact, I know people are saying this to me now in messages and and whatnot. So like, this goes forward, and then what? And what if the judge doesn't right, do the right thing? And I know, I mean, you're a man of faith, so maybe you just talk about this from the from that faith perspective, but uh, you keep fighting. You're not going to give up. What What can nope. you tell people to give them a little bit of a, you know, hope, not nope. false hope, but to know that, look, folks are continuing to fight. Right. No, this is, uh, I, I got a huge message of hope. There's over 50 lawsuits we involved in over, over the whole country. And, 
And um, they're all at different stages, and you just don't hear about it. You're not going to hear about this on Fox News or Newsmax. Huh? And um, they uh, they don't talk about anything for some reason. Uh, you know, I suppose because of the law affair, I'll give them an excuse because everybody gets sued or or gets sanctioned if they talk about these uh, these incredible cases. Um, uh, the judges are going to bring our country back, everybody. you got to pray for the judges. Um, we have if Carrie Lake, whatever this judge decides, that's a big step in the right direction that he's listening to the evidence on merits, on the merits. And so and that's a little different down there because we have all 59 percent of the machines went bad on the morning election day. All at the same time, it was a very contrived effort. And and uh, and then you have um, um, with if if whatever happens, it'll be appealed. We have uh, we have the preliminary injunction in Arizona that Carrie Lake put up this summer that we all put up, and that got they made a, the judge put a ruling in after he said no no standing. Then he came out a month ago and said to pay for the lawyers, my lawyers, to pay sanctions. But we're appealing that, and we're appealing the case to the Supreme Court. We have one case in Alabama that's not going anywhere. We're going to the Supreme Court there, um, and these are all gonna. I believe a lot of them will end up. Um, you know, hopefully at the uh, the U.S. Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court, and we are we're gonna we're we're getting wins all over, little victories, and and they're they're gonna turn into big victories, and and uh, we will have our election systems have to be fixed, or we're gonna lose our country. Mike Lindell with us right now on the Glenbeck program. Uh, Mike, from the first day of testimony, there's one of the most shocking things. Been election day attorney has said that there's no question in his mind that uh, had these tabulators been working correctly at 132 vote centers the day of voting, that Kerry Lake would have won. Take a listen to this and hear what he has to say. I'll get your comment on this after. I, I would say, you know, there's there's only 17,000 roughly votes separating the two candidates for governor. Based on what I saw uh, on election day, I would say there's no question in my mind that had there not been tabulator issues at 132 vote centers this election would have result would have ended up with Carrie Lake winning so based on that Mike I just want to ask you what is some of the most damning evidence what's coming out obviously you agree with that statement that's why you're fighting yeah. uh, but what what are some of the most damning things that we've learned and what she's actually been allowed to talk about or what her attorneys have been allowed to talk about in the trial day one well, there's uh, there's a couple things coming out today that I don't even know about because I uh, I know we had to come up with some money to keep uh, he needed to get a plane ticket. We had to keep him because it was running longer, and he had to get back for his family today. But he was testifying uh, this morning. Um, but anyway, the you you have a you have a lot of things. You have fifty nine percent of the machines that were that we the evidence will show they were that was done intentionally to shut them down they were all all in republican areas or, or most of them and so what and happened to, with to those ballots because they they had 20 inch ballots but there were 19 right. <laughs> inch images printed on 20 inch right. ballots can you talk it's, about it's, that mike what exactly happened yeah. here here's what i believe that well obviously they don't go in here's here's what i believe happened um and in the uh, in the primary, they wanted to take Carrie, Carrie Lake out in the primary. And we told everybody to vote same day because the early voting and the mailing, it's easier for them to cheat and pull names down from the from the dirty voter rolls. Well, and everything goes through something called Griffin Research, uh, the report 
out in New Jersey, and then it goes out to all the all the news, your CNNs of the world. Well, we watched Carrie Lake in the primary. She was losing, losing by 10%. The day of votes came in, it's 11 o'clock at night where they started counting them. She was winning 70-30, 70-30. She overtakes her opponent. She's up by 12,000. And then they shut everything down for three days, as we all know. And they didn't have enough left to steal the election for, or the primary from her. So in this one, we said, hey, everybody vote same day again. Everybody vote same day. Uh, the same thing, same amount, 70-30, 70-30 would have happened. Those votes on same day, they never went through the Griffin research. So they never, when you talk about Shana Custy, they didn't even go through the Griffin research for, um, in New Jersey. And the reason I believe when you, uh, everyone's in line, you come in, these paper, oh, I'm sorry, it's not taking your paper. Put it in the box. Put the ballot in the box. But at that point, they, they basically become like a mail-in ballot. You can do anything you want with them. And obviously they did. No chain of custody. Those people that were in line, it was a 75-25 Cary Lake, some 70-30, right in that range. And she would have won by, I believe it's upwards of 100 and some thousand votes she would have won by, or she, or she did win by. And uh, and it's, uh, so you're going to see, um, we believe we have the best case ever put forward because you not only have the evidence we have in all the other, the 2020 election, all these other elections, that call it the cyber evidence, but you have here physical evidence that they did. They weren't even, they, they were pretty blatant about it. When I woke up the morning on, on November 8th, I go, oh, thank you, Lord. I, our prayers are answered. They're, they're doing it blatantly, right, you know, right in front of our eyes. And it was even reported uh, all over the world, even on Fox News. Well, what a miracle, right? And, uh, but then uh, it's like, you know, they're saying, you know what, we don't care. We're going to cheat right in front of you. And if you don't do it and that we don't believe you're going to be able to get past a judge or do anything about it. Well, they were wrong. Here we are today. And, uh, Mike, um, hang on one second. I want to keep you, if you can hold it just a little bit longer, we'll, yep. we'll come back and wrap up yep. with you. Mike Lindell, we're talking about what's happening. The trial right now, Carrie Lake continues down in Arizona state too. today. We'll continue to keep you updated with that after this back next with Mike Lindell, Justin Barkley and for Glenn today on the Glenn Beck program. You know, it's it's almost against all odds. You almost need a piece of divine intervention. I know that folks are hoping and praying for that. Mike Lindell uh, joining us to talk about Carrie Lake's trial. And, of course, Mike, I want to give folks uh, a chance to know how they can support and get out and, and help in, in, in this case and, and others moving forward before we wrap up with you here. But uh, divine intervention. This country has seen it throughout its history we we almost need a little bit of that. Uh, what 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 are you hoping for? What are you praying for? What can we, folks hope and pray for? Well, well, we need we need a lot of that. Um, the uh, uh, but it, it's uh, this has all been in God's hands, and everybody that's just doing their part and uh, the best we can. But you got I really believe that the the uh, 2020 election will go down as the most important election in history because of everything that keeps getting revealed. When we get through this, we're going to look back and say, wow, everything had to happen just the way it did. And to get to this great place we're going to, that we're going to get to. And, and uh, it's revealed uh, 
corrupt politicians. It's revealed corrupt platforms like Twitter, what's going on at Twitter. You know, my own company, they said two weeks ago when Elon Musk did a dump, he said the word my pillow has been flagged on Twitter for two years. Uh, mm. Before the 2020 election, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook would not even let me have do ads with my own, my own face in the ads. I mean, this is stuff that's been going on in our country. Google, Google, um, um, just uh, we just heard the other, other day that even with the, with the RNC, as I've been looking into that, sending 90 percent of their emails into uh, spam. I mean, this, this what I'm saying is just revealed everything. But the biggest thing it's revealed is we can't use computers in our elections. I have met with France, Germany, UK, uh, the Netherlands. They all use paper ballots one day and it's a beautiful election and not a selection. The stuff going on, we have to. We have to, if we don't fix our elections now, it's over. And, and, but, but, but I don't want to discourage anyone because if this think if we didn't have all the stuff we have now, all the, all the evidence and all of the, everything's getting revealed and, uh, they couldn't keep the truth down for as, uh, they tried, boy, they tried. They took on, on January 7th and 11th and 7th and 8th of 2021, 1.2 million Americans were deplatformed off YouTube, Vimeo, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, and they tried to take away our voice forever, but it didn't work for them. And uh, we're coming back louder than ever. We're going to get through this, and we are going to have an amazing country. And I believe we're in the best, biggest revival uh, ever for uh, Jesus Christ. I believe we're in this big revival because people look to God when things, are, things aren't going so good. When things are going great, people tend to get uh, status quo complacent. And, and uh, so I just I, I think uh, we're, we're, we've had a lot of divine intervention here, and and uh, I'm, I'm more more encouraged every day. I encourage everybody to have courage, everybody, and pray for the judges to have courage to to be judges. Courage is contagious, and um, we need we need courage right now. We can't live in fear or someone else is going to do it or this. Is we all got to take part, not just praying, but uh, encourage a judge if you know a judge. Hey, accept your cases and and look at them on the merit and just be a judge and and. Uh, and don't kick the can on standing. And now you have examples and that are uh, that uh, uh, things are going to start changing out there. Mike Lindell, uh, how can people support you? Obviously, My Pillow, great company. You're a courageous American standing up. <clears throat> Anytime you buy anything from Mike at mypillow.com or or mystore.com, mm-hmm. the coffee is a, is amazing too. Drinking, yeah, I'm powered by your coffee this morning, Mike. So, how can people help support you and what you're doing? Well, we have the Lindell Legal Offense Fund.org or the Lindell Legal Fund.org. All the money is going to go help save this country. I have put every dime that comes in, I put where I believe it's needed the most. And, and, um, and it's, uh, it's helped out just this last month. People have really started to help. And I have, I have tens of millions of dollars of my own money, and I actually had to go borrow money, but everyone's helping out now, and it's really encouraging. Well, make sure we get those online as well. I'll put that stuff up at Twitter, at Mr. Justin Barkley, and justinbarkley.com, where you can find the rest of the Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today, my friend. Oh, thank you all. God bless. Yeah. Yep. Merry Christmas. God bless. How about that? Mike Lindell says we, we may need a Christmas miracle, and we may get one, folks. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. Back in the Glenbeck program, it's Justin Barclay in for Beck today. You can catch up with me. Let's connect. JustinBarclay.com, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y. Love to hear from you. You can send me a message direct to me. 
on my website. And if you want to comment, rant, rave, ask a question about anything during the program here. We were just talking to Mike Lindell, and of course, he's detailing some of the things that came out in Kerry Lake trial day one yesterday. Kerry Lake tweeted this down in Arizona, some really bizarre details. But one of them was about the ballots themselves. You know, previously, a lot of the talk has been about machines and, and, and electronics and, and, and more about, you know, uh, thing of the best. The ghost in the machine. Let me just put it that way. But this, this uh, what, what happened and what, what they show is the, the reason why they have so many issues on election day, particularly, wasn't a machine it, itself. It was a, it was a paper error. In fact, a human error on paper. Carrie Lake tweets, they printed mutant ballots on election day using a 19-inch image on a 20-inch ballot. Now, the best way I can explain this to you is, you know, all the bubbles and everything you have to fill out. All of that, what your ballot looks like, they print that on top of the white paper. The white paper is 20 inches. But the picture of the bubbles and the questions and the people's names and all of that, that's on your ballot. That's the actual physical ballot printed on the paper. That was too small. It should have been 20 inches. Instead, it was 19 inches. Now, that was either done on purpose or was a big oops. There had been some testimony in this trial to suggests that it was done on purpose. There's no way around. Well, I'm not sure. All I can tell you is this. That's what happened. And that is why you had the issues that we saw on Election Day. People going, trying to put their ballots in. Which one's been working better? Which and then, working better? Yeah, you know, it wouldn't go through. It wouldn't scan. So they, they push it through one scanner. And uh, yeah, it's not going... Keep pushing, it'll grab it. Here it goes. Yep, spits it out. Nope, not going to take it. I'm going to take it over to the other scanner and puts it in. His just It's rejecting it. It's because the, the scanner doesn't, it's not accepting this thing as an actual ballot. It's, it's saying, like, this is invalid. This is not, this is not working. So, Carrie tweets, mutant ballots... They printed mutant ballots on election day using a 19-inch image on a 20-inch paper, ballot paper. That's why the tabulators rejected the ballots, and that's why chaos ensued as Lake supporters flooded voting center to cast ballots. Clowns and crooks run our election. She tweeted that apparently was a little earlier, last night. I don't know, with all of this information that's out there, I don't know that there is a, any any solution other than <sighs> just to throw it all out and do it again. And the problem is you do it again. <laughs> how, do you, how do you know that these same people wouldn't find another way if this was intentional, right? If we wouldn't find another way to, to, to you know. so I, I don't, I don't know what the solution is here. Can a judge just roll? Hey, carry, carry one. I don't know that that can happen. 
Uh, but I will tell you, this should be eye-opening for everyone. These things are happening on, on levels that we just, we're not paying attention. That's kind of how we got to this place, right? And those that, that are paying attention, well, you're called a conspiracy theorist. You're called some sort of tinfoil hat-wearing loony. Well, it's it, and the FBI is, is busy doing it now. Have you seen the FBI's latest? This is all about the, the Twitter files. The FBI now saying that uh, apparently Twitter and the emails themselves from their own, from their own in the FBI, it's all conspiracy theory. The statement is incredible. It is unfortunate that conspiracy theorists and others are feeding the American public misinformation with the sole purposes of attempting to discredit the agency. Well, that's all they care is about, I guess, the credit of the agency. Well, then they should care about the credibility of the agency. But trust is at an all-time low. It's rock bottom. Not just for this particular institution, but for all of them. And that, and that really is a shame. Because there are many hardworking men and women. There are many hardworking individuals within the FBI, law enforcement in general, and all, all sorts of other institutions that are well-meaning, well-intentioned, and they're good Americans. In fact, they're patriots. But we're seeing a political, and the folks, the powers that be, in the upper echelons, we're seeing like a political upheaval that's, that's taken place. You don't believe me. Elon Musk says, hey, here's the files. I got the files to prove it. The Twitter files, if you haven't been paying attention to this, is, is really... It's been eye-opening, and I think uh, for a lot of us, folks have suspected some of these things were going on happening behind the scenes anyway. So I don't want to bore you with it if you've heard the details over and over, but it does bear repeating just to break down what was really happening behind the scenes, who was involved, and why they were censoring your speech. Why they were censoring conversation. They didn't want to allow certain information to get out. In fact, they... Label it dangerous dis disinformation. Well, here's what we know now. I think we're on the eighth iteration of the Twitter files. We now know, according to what Elon Musk has released, that there was a laptop. Now, a lot of this is focused around the Hunter Biden laptop, but I think it's more. I think there's more, and there's more important information. It's not just about Hunter Biden and corruption and deals that he may have been doing. And, of course... Any sort of extracurricular activities that he may have been doing, that's one thing. Of course, you may say, well, that's, you know, that's bad enough. And, yeah, it is. But it's the systemic corruption that's happening, looks like, within the Biden family. They didn't want you talking about this. And with foreign entities. And they didn't, you know, they really didn't care how corrupt or how seemingly on the take any of these people were because they had one goal and one goal in mind, and that was to get rid of President Donald J. Trump. No matter how you think about him or feel about him, maybe you love him, maybe you you hate him. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Replace him with any other president, maybe your favorite of all time, and to say that folks are working behind the scenes to do this has got to be something that will shake and wake every American, but I, I don't know if it will. Honestly, I don't know if they're going to hear this news. You and I do because we listen to this program. We, we are tuned in to 
folks like Glenn Beck and talk radio on a daily basis. We're watching the news. We're, we're, we're even looking for quote-unquote alternative sources, which I think is kind of weird to call them alternative now, but I think they're, that, they're, they're like <laughs> people sharing the truth. <laughs> alternative to the narrative. Let's just put it that way. But we now know that there was a guy named John Paul Mac Isaacs who owned a computer store. Hunter Biden dropped his laptop off there to get it repaired. He left it there. And maybe he came in a couple of times, too. Mac Isaac did talk to him a few times. The guy finally never came back to get the laptop. So he did some digging, looked into the laptop, and saw what was inside of it, saw who it belonged to, and then he kind of got a little concerned. And I believe he did try to turn this over to the FBI. I don't think they wanted it first, and finally they had to come again. I could be wrong about that. But Rudy Giuliani, Trump's attorney, ends up with the contents of the laptop. And Rudy Giuliani starts talking behind the scenes about what's going to happen. Apparently, the FBI finds out about this, putting two and two together, because they have him under surveillance. The president's attorney. They have him under surveillance, just like they had the president under surveillance. The FBI is going back to the Russian collusion story. The hoax that was propagated by some of these folks. You remember Peter Strzok, Stroke and Lisa Page? And, and yes, the entire crew of folks behind the scenes that were making these things happen. Now, this is just fact now we know these things to be true because over time this stuff has come out this once conspiracy theory now i guess you call it spoiler alert <laughs> we just know these things to be true so get this the fbi spying on giuliani knows that they have this information and it's about to become public the new york post is going to do an article about it they're going to do some sort of expose miranda devine is going to write this story and of course the day before the thing gets released the FBI reaches out in secret back channels to Twitter and says, no, well, we don't know exactly what they said because it was a secret back channel, but we know they had conversations and we know that the FBI reached out about Russian disinformation, particularly around this story, not just to Twitter, but to Facebook. How do we know that? Mark Zuckerberg admitted it on Joe Rogan's podcast. You can't make this stuff up. And yet it happened. All of this happened. And so the day before the story would get out to the world and go live, Twitter made decisions behind the scenes to make sure that it would not see the light of day. Zuckerberg and Facebook did it in a more subtle way. And then we find out behind the scenes that the FBI was telling Twitter who they should censor and who they shouldn't censor. Telling them what stories should be published and what shouldn't be published. And yet it gets even worse than that because, you know, they were doing that. They had to be doing that everywhere. Wait until you find out what they were doing at the mainstream. Your nightly news and your local televisions. You know, wait until you find out, get a load of what they were doing there. <sighs> but wait, there's more because they were paying folks at Twitter. Wait till you hear this. Taking a quick break. We're back with more in just moments. Justin Barkley in for Beck today. Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program.
are sipping on a glass of vegan eggnog or munching on your non-binary gingerbread people. <laughs> That's the way I get that posted over on Facebook right now. Uh, this is the uh, this is the latest in some of the craziest <laughs> craziest Christmas woke snacking I've ever seen. The cottage bakery. This looks like it's in Europe somewhere. I want to say London. England. Non-binary gingerbread people. Wouldn't want to offend anyone. But make sure we get all that straight. We wish you a merry, merry, <clears throat> whatever it might be in the next couple of days. Can you say Christmas anymore? Is that even allowed? Were you allowed to say, well, I'm going to say it no matter what. You say a couple other things that you probably, I don't know, maybe they don't want me to say. I have no problems talking about the truth. Justin Barclay in for Glenn Beck today. You can uh, connect with me over at justinbarclay.com, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y. Yes, I'm on the newly freed bird Twitter as well, at Mr. Justin Barclay. Many different places. Speaking of Twitter, we're just talking about this, the Twitter files. What do the latest files, and by the way, there are eight different installments now. What do the latest files detail and include? Well, the FBI, not only telling people what the Twitter, specifically other social media companies, this is, this is a direct violation of the First Amendment. Government telling people, private companies, what they can and can't say. Now, remember, it used to be, hey, they would say, well, they're a private company. They can do whatever they want, this Twitter. They can do whatever they want. They're a private company. They, you know, you don't like it? You get your own Twitter. Well, Elon did. He went out and got his own Twitter. Now he's telling people what was happening behind the scenes. He's... Letting all of it loose, the details, the emails, all of it. FBI paid Twitter millions, had close relationship with execs and staff, all in the emails showing the latest $3.5 million. $3.5 million the FBI paid Twitter. Now, why Why would that be? Why would the FBI be paying Twitter anything? The FBI paid Twitter $3.5 million between October 2019 and February 2021 as compensation for the time its employees spent managing their requests, according to internal documents published by author Michael Schellenberger uh, earlier this week as part of the ongoing Twitter files. After the Hunter Biden laptop story broke, a member of the FBI's Office of General Counsel spoke with Twitter's then-Deputy General Counsel Jim Baker also a former FBI agent in a private call, Schellenberger reported. Obviously, our work with the FBI is close. We will never get public credit, but I, I would like to thank our FBI counterparts who worked so well with us this election cycle. The Twitter files, all of it continue to come out. Anytime Twitter needed to suppress speech or the FBI wanted somebody struck off of the, uh, off of the Twitter, I guess, Suspended, like Mike Lindell, who was on earlier. You know what these folks taking off? They've, they're they're spreading dangerous disinformation. What is that basically? It's it's sometimes it's the truth, but it's anything that goes against whatever narrative they're pushing. And all over, folks, it is incredible, and we won't let up even on Christmas. The news never stops, and of course. It's always a pleasure to fill in for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program to be here with the smartest audience in the business. It really is a pleasure. Wishing you a very Merry Christmas if this is it for you. If, if not, stick with us. The next hour is going to be fresh and hot. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. A Merry Christmas, folks. It's Justin Barclay in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. And we've talked about problems. We can talk about those until we're blue in the face. It's like, you know, never... A dull moment around these parts. I always say drinking from a firehouse. That's what I equate it to. We always have one crisis after the next, but let's talk solutions. What can we do, in fact, after so many are depressed after the midterm elections in a lot of ways? What can we do? We'll go talk with some folks who are making a difference, get the blueprint, and show you how you can make a difference, too, no matter where you are after this on the Glenn Beck Program. I know, it, it's easy to kind of feel hopeless, especially when you look at the state of things. When you look at Washington, D.C., what's happening there on a daily basis, what's continuing to happen there. <clears throat> Find the latest on this uh, omnibus. We'll talk more about that. If anything passes, uh, comes up and hits, uh, we'll, we'll get into that. But, you know, we, we watch the things that happen, maybe even at your state cap. I'm in Michigan, and it feels like all hope is lost. But it's not. It's Justin Barkley broadcasting from News Radio Wood 1300 to 106.9 FM in Grand Rapids here in West Michigan. We're awaiting that blizzard, the snowfall, but we're also awaiting some good news. In fact, I thought maybe we'd bring you some, some solutions. You know, Glenn often talks about the answer. Well, you know, what is, what is the answer? He often talks about how you and I can make a difference in our own local, you know, our own backyards, our own local elections, our own local situations, municipalities, wherever it might be, townships, wherever you might be. All too often we look kind of to far off places for the answer, but maybe it's a lot closer than, than what we imagine. I was, I was in a small group of people with, I don't know if I want to admit to this on the air here. But our General Michael Flynn talk about something a couple of weeks ago. And uh, and he he was asked a question by somebody about uh, folks who say, you know, we need to follow, you know, let, trust the plan. But there's, you know, there's a plan. Trust the plan. We're going to sit back, eat our popcorn. Trust the plan. And I heard him say some things that I thought were particularly inspiring. Now, they were also very realistic and... Uh, might have been a like a punch in the gut to a few people. If you're one of the folks who've been sitting back and thinking, I got my popcorn, I'm going to sit on the couch here and watch. I'm going to trust the plan. Flynn said there is no plan. <laughs> At least he was pretty adamant about this. There's no plan. There is there at least not in the sense that you might think that there's something happening behind the scenes and that something is in motion to save the he said not not in the way that you think. You are the plan. God has a plan. And he works through us to make that happen. Each one of us is called to do our own. That doesn't matter. You might have completely different calling from what I have. You know, I, I, hey, 
get to talk to you on the radio. Get to come on like uh, Glenn. His calling is simple. He gets to talk to you every day on the radio. And share these stories. Share the truth. Share some hope. Share some solutions. Your calling might be a little bit different. Maybe it's to step up and go to school board meetings. Maybe it's to step up and run for school board. Who knows? But there is, if you're waiting for a savior, folks, that's not coming. Not in the sense, anyway, that I think that some may be waiting for. We don't need a superhero. That's another question we had over the last week. So we don't need a superhero. We need to stand up and become. Become those people. I want to talk to some people. Uh, in fact, one who, who did just that in an election that was, well, a midterm election that was uh, filled with all kinds of uh, chaos and it's outcomes that we didn't want and I think expect. His name is Joe Moss. He's part of a group called Ottawa Impact out of Ottawa County here in West Michigan, where I'm at. And not so much to talk about West Michigan or Michigan, but really to, more to give you a blueprint that's that, that could work in every state. Tell you, he's just one. He's just one of the many people, I'm sure, throughout the country that are doing different things. And, and you may even have similar plans that you're following that you'd like to share with, with us as well. But he had some big success, the folks that gathered around that organized with this group called Ottawa Impact. I want to share a little bit about what that was and see if we can well, share the recipe for folks all across the country and take this nation back. Joe, appreciate you being here with us. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for having me. So uh, don't trust the plan. You are the plan. And I guess you kind of understand this because you have seen it up close and personal. Let's talk about what Ottawa Impact is and what you guys accomplished because you're a small group of ragtag folks who got together during the 2020 nonsense and said, you know, I don't like what's happening in our schools. And particularly one of the issues that you guys saw was a masking surrounding masking and what the, the uh, county health department was uh, making your kids do. In fact, coming into a private school um, where you were at and saying, well, these, these kids, even in a private school, had to follow these rules that they had self-implemented, uh, and you stood up to this. In fact, thousands, lots of folks there in Ottawa County, parents stood up and said, "I'm not, enough is enough. I'm going to take a stand here. Am I right? Is that how uh, this Ottawa impact came together? Yes, you are right, Justin. Uh, Ottawa County is you know, a conservative stronghold or considered one. It's, it's very red. And, you know, 2020, the government response to, to COVID-19 you know, saw in our county some pretty harsh treatment and disregard for parental rights. And, and yes, it did lead to uh, the county threatening a local uh, private classical Christian school uh, several times, and then they actually shut it down. It's incredible. A private yeah, so the Christian school that came and said, you, you, your kids have to wear masks too. And that's just, not just public schools. Right. And right. You, th you, you thought you probably had a lot of these parents thought, well, they might kind of be insulated from some of the nonsense, but it, it came looking for them too. It, it did. And it, and it continued. And, and the short version, you know, we, we got into the next school year going into the next school year and, and, uh, Ottawa Impact, having already started and had been advocating for freedom and for family, 
And we heard we're going into the next school year. Mask free should be much more normal. 2021. And then a few days before school started, the local health department issued another mask order uh, for <laughs> yeah. little kids. Yeah, I remember this. And and you guys decided to step up and and uh, and fight back. And I remember a thousand or more people coming to a, a, a county commission meeting. Uh, they decided, look, no more. We're going to make sure that we fight back here. I want to give people the blueprint because... It started with, with really, I think, um, humble beginnings. But what it's what it's moved into has been folks who have come together in a movement to take back control of the county commission, the board of commissioners, but also win some big school board races. And these little things that you know, I think a lot of things that we just sort of wrote off back in the day. We thought, you know, we got to focus on the, these big Congress, and of course president governor things like that but these races in our own small local areas they tend to have more impact than who's in the white house your own backyard joe want to give that blueprint to folks if we can we come back gotta take a quick break here but if you would kind of let people behind the curtain and show like share what you did because there i know there are going to be people listening this could have a major impact and um and help shift things across the country. We'll share some of that. We're talking to Joe Moss with Ottawa Impact coming up in just moments. Justin Barkley in for Glenn today on the Glenn Beck Program. Talking solutions, Justin Barkley in for Glenn today on the Glenn Beck Program. And we're talking to one individual who was at the head, sort of the head, the tip of the spear in this movement ottawa county michigan it's uh, it's a movement that ended up uh, basically flipping uh commissioners now these were these are folks who'd been on the board for years republicans they primarily threw them out and they nearly swept the entire ottawa county board of commissioners in west michigan uh, also had some success in school board races joe moss joins us right now with ottawa impact joe want to talk about the secret sauce what happened and what did you guys see? What's the blueprint? What can people know and, and use to organize effectively moving forward and have an impact even in their local situation? Like a state where, where Michigan at the state level things are lost, yet you can still make an impact at home. Right. Well, people say all politics is local, and it is mm-hmm. true. And there's been a lack of engagement uh, around the state, around the country in local politics, and everybody focused on the top. Well, that's not that's not healthy. We know civic engagement from the ground up is critical to preserving, you know, a healthy moral society and to preserving freedom. So as we were advocating in 2020 and 2021, we realized very quickly that our local leaders were not listening to the people. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you have a thousand people show up at a, a county committee, you know, a, uh, a county board meeting when typically there's, you know, five or 10 people max there and then they don't listen you know that's that's a problem so we identified the need uh first and that need was new leaders for liberty and so we began to organize around that and the team of dead i mean we have a team of amazing volunteers and they got together um, with various backgrounds various specialties from 
marketing to branding and technology and messaging and all kinds of things like that. And it, and we built an organization uh, and Ottawa impact, you know, began to, uh, you know, find and vet candidates against a very specific pro freedom, pro America, pro parental rights standard. Um, we, we ended up publishing all of our uh, documents online at ottawaimpact.com. It has, you know, our position statement, our contracts for school board members and, and county commissioners. And then we went out and proactively searched for candidates. And let me, let me up, ask, before, before you start yeah. talking about the candidates, what was in the contract? Because this is important. Principles, things that people, you know, vow that they are not going to move from, that they cannot be shaken from. This contract was a big deal. Right. Right. It is. That was our focus and still is because the people who were elected uh, will be seated in January. And we wanted to focus on, you know, recognizing the important principles that our nation was founded on, like limited government and individual responsibility. And we took some of those overarching principles and then we drafted a contract uh, and it's not long. It's, Give me an example. What, what, what were some of those? What were what were the most important things? So number one is promote and protect liberty and freedom uh, by valuing the people above you know above all else, above any other interests. Uh, another one would be govern with the least force and least authority required, you know, to allow people to live their lives and exercise. Uh, their God-given rights. This sounds like common sense to me, and yet we're so far removed from it these days. Yes. What else was up yes. there? Uh, we have promote due process uh, and defend the moral responsibility of parents um, to maintain the control and care uh, of the upbringing of their children, you know, basically parental rights. So when you went out looking for people who might fit this Bill, and of course, they, they're going to be the ones that are going to have to sign on to this contract and say, yeah, I agree with this, and I will not waver. How did you go find these people, and, and, and did some of them find you? How did that process work? Was seems to me like there might have been a little bit of a divine uh, intervention there as well. Oh, oh absolutely. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite quotes is, all the affairs of men are sovereignly interrelated. Um, I mean, definitely there's, there's uh, God working in this process. Um, one of the advantages that we had was we were being active. You know, we were, we were organizing a year ahead of when we needed to take political action. And, you know, we, we know unified political action is important. And so, you know, working in unity is when you have, you know, that's a, the ultimate competitive advantage. So we went out and proactively searched for people in the districts that we wanted to run in. And we looked for normal, everyday, average Americans. People who love their country, who love their county, who love the people who are, you know, who they would be representing and uh, would sign the contract uh, to uphold those, you know, founding principles. So, if you had advice to somebody who's listening and they're feeling a little hopeless, they're feeling helpless because they're kind of seeing the way the, the way things are, the state of the world, but yet 
you know, they're hearing your story and they kind of say, okay, there might be opportunity where I'm at. Maybe I can take back my school board. Maybe I can take back my county commission board. Whatever it might be. Um, they're homeowners association. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, hey, some of those are, are uh, even worse than anything you see in Washington, D.C. Trust me. So, but let me ask you, what what would you recommend? What would you suggest? What, what could you say to inspire and maybe encourage these folks? Uh, well, there's, there's quite a bit. I mean, there's... The people are the answer. Uh, Ottawa Impact would not exist if the people of Ottawa County hadn't stepped up. I mean, we, we ended up in the last two years, you know, sending over a million emails. Our, our average donation was only $100. I mean, wow. we, we are not some, wow. you know, dark money funded organization. We are a movement of the people. And it's, it's local. It's locally focused as it should be. And so, you know, one helpful thing I could say is, you know, there are many, uh, you mentioned common sense, you know, reasoned and rational, reasonable people in our communities. You know, I'd, I'd say that's the majority. You know, it's m many people still have that common sense and they may need someone to step up in their local community and start speaking the truth and start promoting Freedom, family, and American values. Mm. So it, it really starts with having a conversations. It starts with sharing what you're learning, sharing the stories that you won't hear anywhere else. Having the courage, Michael Lindell brought that up earlier in the program, but having the courage, taking the courage, pray for that, not only in yourself, but in the elected officials and others, the people that are organizing together, and making sure that you take those steps. Because faith without feet, really doesn't do much. We have to give our faith feet. We have to give it action. Uh, where can folks follow you and maybe reach out? And I, I know you're, you're quite busy because congratulations, you're about to, to, uh, to, uh, to, to begin your, uh, your, your uh, tenure as, a, as an elected official there in Ottawa County on the Board of Commissioners. But where can folks reach out to you and find out more? So it, you can look out at ottawaimpact.com. Uh, and and sign up for the newsletter or, or you know follow us there follow us on facebook or twitter uh very happy to continue serving the people of ottawa county joe moss ottawa impact always a pleasure my friend thank you for everything you do thank you for standing in the fight thank you for your courage all right folks we continue Coming up next, we'll talk about some of these crazy words they just don't want you to say again anymore. Stanford the Manning Back Program. Got an email from John. Appreciate that. By the way, you can reach out. Send me a message. Justin Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y.com. There's a place there on the website. Just hit Let's Connect. And, of course, a place to connect with me all over in social media everywhere. JustinBarclay.com. And also send me a message. John says, has the definition of treason changed? Good morning. Just wondering if the definition of treason has changed. I know the bar is pretty high to convict for treason, but the terms of what qualifies as treason have not. I've seen some decisions by this administration border on this and why have these questionable actions and policies been looked at in light of treason just wondering asking for a friend 
<laughs> we be careful we use that word. John, you're going to be, just one, for the record, John used it, not me. <laughs> you got to be careful when you use that word, John, because, I mean, it depends on who you're talking to. The definition of words and everything is changing nowadays. And, yes, if we don't even know what a woman is, how can we know something like treason is? Speaking of words, I want to talk about that coming up here in a second. Stanford, there's got a whole list of words they don't want you to use. A whole list of words they say we should just not, we, we shouldn't be using these anymore. And I just want to make sure that we're all dotting our I's, crossing our T's, all of that, uh, and, and make sure that we're politically correct here before we get on. And make sure that you're following along and have all the information you need. But first, speaking of what he just mentioned, and of course the FBI literally coming out and calling people conspiracy theorists, for believing what Elon Musk is releasing from Twitter. And their very own FBI agents said in emails that, yes, they were working behind the scenes to censor folks. You're a dangerous disinformation, blathering conspiracy theorist, tinfoil hat-wearing loon, if you believe any of it. But uh, Senator Josh Hawley begs to differ. In fact, he's calling into question what's happening at the FBI. And he says something that I think it shouldn't be taken lightly. Take a listen to this. Uh, to me, which of course I didn't watch. I was on an airplane. I haven't watched a minute. Talking about January 6th committee there. That uh, was a state propaganda to cover for the fact and distract attention from the fact what we learned and have been learning is that the FBI deliberately interfered in not one but two separate presidential elections. And, um, you know, the idea that the FBI, who laundered the Steele dossier back in 2016 through the courts, lied to a FISA court in order to extend their wiretaps that they never should have gotten in the first place, then in 2020, deliberately suppressed the Hunter Biden story. Remember, the FBI had the Hunter Biden laptop for a full year before the story broke. They knew all about it. They had all the emails, knew it was true, and yet put out there that it was Russian disinformation. I mean, and we see now with Twitter. I mean, went after Twitter until Twitter agreed to censor it. Now you're a conspiracy theorist if you, if you believe any of this. Is what you're saying. Twitter was the most aggressive in doing so. That's unbelievable stuff. There have got to be repercussions for that, or, or we're not going to have it. Why has no one gone to jail regarding all this? I don't oh. know, but somebody should go to jail for it. Great question for the reporter. I think that's OAN. And uh, we're going to have to have, clearly, a, a conversation about the future of the FBI. Wow. And what it's doing in our, in our democracy. Uh, because that kind of power, the kind of power that they have is immense. And if they're going to use it in this way, mm. um, then I have to say I think our constitutional order is not secure. And Wow. I think Mr. McCarthy is talking about something like a church-style committee. Uh, that would be a good a good start. A church-style commission would be unnecessary. How do you clean this up? Because people are easy to do. The, the reporter asks, well, how come people haven't gone to jail? Who's going to be putting these people in jail? <laughs> I mean, is Biden's DOJ going to go after this, these, these folks? Oh, they're signing off on all of it. They want all of it. Who's going to take? That's a great question. Who's going to really take action? I, I don't know that it's going to happen now. Will there be oversight? I'd love to see it. I'll wait and see. I guess that's part of it. Wait and see. Wait and see. Love to see it. But gosh, I mean, you know, there are well-intended, very good people inside the halls of the FBI that are that are probably just as fed up as you and I are watching this. Maybe it's some of those folks who will be standing up and and, and lead the charge. I I don't know, but we're going to have to, the folks are going to have to have courage in order to do so.
Senator Josh Hawley saying the FBI deliberately interfered in not one but two separate presidential elections. There have got to be repercussions for that. That's Senator Josh Hawley. I agree. There ought to be some repercussions for that. Now, in the day and age, we can't even decide, you know, what a woman is, what words mean anymore. I mean, this list of words from Sanford, I mean, how do you, <laughs> how do you figure out, get to the bottom of the truth of anything? See, truth doesn't move. The truth is rock. It is foundation, and it never changes. Why is it so important? Because if you've got a constantly ever-shifting truth, your truth, my truth, you know, nothing ever makes sense. And that's part of the shifting and changing of the definitions. You build your house on sand, it's not going to end well. Stanford University proposing adding the term American to a blacklist. They don't want you to say American anymore. Folks, I this was if it is laughable. If things weren't so serious, you probably could laugh. It's more more crying at this point. But the list is crazy. American? Now you may have heard some of these. American, they don't want you to say it's harmful to say American. It's harmful to say American. You don't want to use that word anymore. Wouldn't want people to get offended. Stanford University targeting a label as part of its Orwellian elimination of harmful language initiative that seeks to police language by memory holding certain words and phrases. Now, some of these are going to be words that these wackos on the left, the woke wackos, the wokadoodles, some of these folks have come up with themselves. Instead of the words American, the university wants people to use the word or the term U.S. citizen. U.S. You're not American. You're a U.S. citizen. And you probably can figure out why. It, I'm sure it has nothing to do with thousands that are pouring across the border every single second. They have eight categories of language policing. They are ableist, ageism, culturally appropriative, gender-based, imprecise language, institutionalized racism, Person first and violent. These are the eight categories. They have newspeak suggestions for every offensive word and phrase they can think of in those categories. It's literally 1984. Come to life with Stanford setting itself up as the think police. Don't say American, say U.S. citizen. Don't say immigrant. Instead, folks, you want to remind yourself and those at your Christmas gatherings to say person who immigrated. Did say immigrant, say person who immigrated. Why, why, why does that make any difference? Hmm. Um, and avoid he and she unless you know the individual's preferred pronouns. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't make this, you can't make this up. Other suggestions Stanford makes for word replacements are inst uh, instead of handicapped parking, addict, and Karen, they need to change these all to different words. Accessible parking, person with a substance abuse disorder, and demanding or entitled white woman. But 
But uh, we could use that, right? But we can't use... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And how do you know that Karen identifies as a woman? Isn't that a little bit... I just think maybe a little of something in itself, huh? You can't say Karen anymore. That that Now, now there are a lot of reasons why you probably shouldn't say Karen. There are really good Karens out there who, who are then... I, they, I, I feel like they've been a little bit disparaged by this use of the word Karen. And most Karens I meet, a lot of them are, are actually folks on the left. You remember that one in um, Karen? It was in the in Central Park. She called because a black man was in Central Park, and she ended up being very progressive, or regressive, I guess is the right word for it. Very, she's leftist. Yeah, very. She, that's she had to call nine one one because there's a black man in Central Park, and she she didn't feel like he should have been there. Or something, something along those lines. That story turns out that some of these folks who end up pointing the finger, you know, like like you probably heard this, point the finger. You've got three pointing back at you. These folks that are pointing the finger end up they have pointing more fingers back at them. So just a couple of the things on this whole list is very long to go through. I don't want to go through all of it. But I just want to make sure, and I'll put a link, I'll put a link of this up on my website. I usually put the, the, the things that we talked about in something called the stack at justinbarkley.com. But this story, theblaze.com, if you get a chance, make sure the Christmas, you know, the news does not start stop for any holiday. And it certainly doesn't stop for Christmas, especially these days. Used to be everything kind of just calmed down for the holidays. And we talk about nice stories about, you know, uh, what the word of the year was or what they're banning or whatever else. But, you know, we got this omnibus bill out there. You got Zelensky coming. You got the FBI and Twitter. You've got the Cary Lake trial in Arizona. All these different things that we've covered today and many other things that are happening as we speak being exposed online, theblaze.com, 24-7. You can catch up with all of it. So make sure you do that. Back next to wrap things up, Justin Barkley and for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. I guess I spoke too soon. Uh, Justin Barkley in for Glenn today on, on the, on the Glenn Beck program. I, I was just talking about these stories and the one out of Stanford that has everybody renaming, you know, words that you can't use. Now you should use different words. Well, it turns out, as I mentioned, the blaze, I want to take one quick look, make sure I wasn't missing anything. And I was here. It is the blaze.com Marine Corps considers replacing sir and ma'am with gender-neutral terms to eliminate, quote, the possibility of misgendering drill instructors. You have got to be kidding me. China and Russia absolutely laughing at this. And how many of you Marines? And you went through. Can you even imagine that something like this would even be topic of conversation? A new lengthy academic report from the University of Pittsburgh. It's usually where all this stuff comes from. It's universities. I think that's our first 
That's our first acknowledgement here. Right? You, know, you, you see something coming out of university, might just well file that in, in, in the file 13th, right in, the, right in the trash. Burn it. They are now advising the Marine Corps to consider dropping gender-specific salutations such as sir and ma'am. Replace them with gender-neutral uh, identifiers to eliminate the possibility of misgendering drill instructors. As if this is a big problem. As if this is a real big issue in the Marine Corps. As if a drill instructor even cares. Their one job is to train these Marines to be able to be ready to go out and keep themselves alive and the, and those around them. They got bigger fish to fry than, than whether they're being misgendered. Marine Corps leaders are reportedly not convinced that transitioning to gender-neutral salutations would be as simple as a 739-page report suggests. The University of Pittsburgh received $2 million. They got $2 million to do the study! $2 million! That just takes us back to the $1.7 trillion in the omnibus. $1.7 trillion. A report commissioned in 2020, published in 2022. They get $2, $2 million two years to do this argues the military services have already largely stopped using gendered identifiers for training staff. The Army, Navy, Coast Guard effectively de-emphasized gender in an integrated environment. The report claimed instead of saying ma'am or sir recruits in these services refer to their drill instructors using their ranks or roles. Oh, so there you go, folks. That is, you know, that's the well, that's the latest. Don't let stuff like this get you down. Sometimes it's so, you know, it's, some of these things are so wild. You find yourself laughing, and I think that's a great way to handle it. Another great way for us to handle, and I think for these conversations to take place, is to have the courage. Talk about what you can do, where you might step up in any situation. Each one of us, I believe, has a calling to do different things. We have gifts. We have abilities. We have God-given talents. Our experiences lead to that a lot as, as well. What is it that, that you're called to do? You might ask that question and then have the courage. Pray that you might have the courage to step out and do it. It might just be to talk about these things. It might just be to have conversations with people. It might be to go to school board meetings Town hall, whatever it might be. It might even be to run for specific offices, but don't give up. The fight continues, folks. Have a little more hope, a little more courage. Know that God is still on the throne. This battle isn't ours alone. Wishing you the best. Love to connect with you. Let's stay in touch. Go to justinbarclay.com to keep in touch with me. B-A-R-C-L-A-Y.com. Various ways to do that. All of them at justinbarclay.com. Back tomorrow and for Glenn Beck. It is one of my absolute honors to be here with you this Christmas season and share it with this audience. It is the best in the business. God bless. This is the Glenn Beck Program.